Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Oh, I feel good. If you're a leader with managers reporting to you, I want to ask you a few questions to ask yourself. Does your leadership team work seamlessly together? Are they focused and organized? Do they function well or fight each other? Do they communicate effectively or are they cloaked with confusion? Do they make decisions efficiently and effectively? Are they hiring, training, and keeping the best talent? If someone leaves, do you have an A player waiting on the bench? Well, if you can't answer yes to all of the above, then perhaps I can help you and your team. I help leadership teams work together harmoniously and achieve greater business results. If you want a, a free assessment and a discussion, just email me, steve at managermojo.com. Tell me you'd like to, to chat for a little bit and we'll schedule a call. Thank you, that's steve at managermojo.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show, and I'm thrilled today to introduce my special guest, Mr. Chip Conley. Now, uh, Chip is a New York Times best-selling author. He uh, formerly wrote Peak, uh, How Great Companies Get Mojo from Maslow. So he's going to fit right in with our audience today. <laughs> uh, but today, uh, we're going to talk about him from a standpoint. He's a hospitality entrepreneur. Uh, a leader at the forefront of the sharing economy. Uh, at 26, he founded Joy de Vive Hospitality and turned it into the second largest boutique hotel brand in the United States. Currently, he's now strategic advisor for hospitality and leadership at Airbnb. He is the recipient of hospitality's highest honor, the Pioneer Award. And today, his newest book, called Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder, uh, has been released. And I'm thrilled to be able to have Chip on the show to talk about his new book. Chip, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. It is an honor to be with you. And uh, any, any show with Mojo in its name is, is good to me. Awesome. I'm, uh, I'm glad that you feel that way. And uh, before we get started on the new book, uh, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Well, you know, I've been learning two things. You know, one of the things about, I think, living your um, living a, a very engaged life in the second half of your life is to be willing to learn new things. I'm learning how to surf and learning Spanish at age 57. So neither one am I doing all that well with, although, you know, I'm, get, I'm getting okay at both. Um, but both of them, both of them are the kind of thing I say, dang, why didn't I learn this at age 10? <laughs> well, it would have been easier to do then, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Uh, that's awesome. Uh, good luck on that. Uh, I hope you'll have fun with it. And uh, I know enough Spanish to get me in a whole lot of trouble. And uh, so I'm going to leave that up to you. And uh, okay. we will just uh, jump off here today. Uh, Chip, I'm really excited to talk to you today about your new book, Wisdom at Work. Uh, I think it's well-timed and well-placed in this day. And I want to set it up for our, our listeners by simply saying that uh, what, what Chip wants us to do is to learn how to take a lifetime of lessons that we've had, experience, and wisdom, and he wants us to stay relevant in the second, third, and fourth act of our careers and become a catalyst for society to embrace age like any other diversity. And I, I love the way that you think, Chip, and I know that this book is going to help a lot of people. I really enjoyed it. And uh, why don't you share what really prompted you to, to share the, uh, this book and why did you name it Wisdom at Work? Let's just set the stage there first. Well, I, I live in San Francisco and in the Silicon Valley area. And in, you know, in this area, it, it does feel as if um, genius trumps uh, wisdom, meaning the idea of young, brilliant geniuses um, are where all the venture capitalists and a lot of the media flocks to you. There's, there's 30 under 30 or 40 under 40, and it's always <laughs> focused on the young people. It's never 50 over 50, even though actually the fastest growing segment of the population that's actually going out and starting businesses are people in their 50s and beyond. So what I was curious about, um, having been asked by the three millennial uh, co-founders of Airbnb to join them five and a half years ago when Airbnb was a tiny little startup, uh, and they wanted it to become a, a global hospitality brand, and I was head of glo global hospitality and strategy. Um, I was really curious about the idea of the intergenerational collaboration we could do um, where I could bring to the table what I know best, which in, in my case was more like EQ, emotional intelligence, leadership intelligence. And the younger people, I was twice the age of the average employee there, the younger people could bring to the table what they know best, which is digital intelligence or, or DQ. And so we created almost like a, a, a potluck, a generational potluck. Oh. Uh, they brought DQ or digital intelligence to the table. I brought EQ, emotional intelligence to the table. And the company and, and all of us were better served for that. So what was interesting to me is um, I never really thought about wisdom. I never really, I just thought, okay, you get older, maybe you get wiser. But I never really looked at it and, and cultivated it nor imagined how to harvest it. So as I moved from being a full-time employee to, to being a strategic advisor now, I decided to write, write this book um, and also coin the subtitle. So it's Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder. And in that subtitle is the idea of the word the elder, which for a lot of people, they cringe and say, oh, I don't want to be an elder. <laughs> Sounds like elderly. But my opinion is elder and elderly are two different things. Well, I, I totally agree with you, and uh, I and I, I know that some people would even have a religious connotation to elder, and that's not what we're talking yep. about. Uh, I, yep. I, hey, Chip, I just want to read one line out of the book that I, I absolutely rolled out in laughter when I read it, and I made a, a, a okay. note of it, and I wanted to share it. Uh, Chip says, in many cultures, passing wisdom was once a prized tribal tradition but many of us fear it might be as popular as passing gas. <laughs> I well, freaking sorry, yeah. love that. I love that line. I think it so sums up uh, the way that many yeah. people that, are, uh, that have some maturity about them today 
uh, feel about this millennial generation. Uh, it seems as if mm-hmm. uh, they don't they don't really realize that uh, life experiences really uh, teach you so very much. Uh, and, and so I, I think it's just cool that you put that in there. Thank you. Well, I you know I think uh, here's here's my my piece of advice to anybody who's in midlife and 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 muttering under their breath about millennials. Um, millennials. The truth is, I think that uh, the younger generation for forever has been a little self absorbed and focused on what it, what's most important to them. They're a little more egocentric. That's just how you know. 25 years ago, that's what you were more like. Um, so, we, you know, we have a tendency to sort of think of those people, those young people, as being so different than us, but we were sort of once that way. But here's the big difference. I mean, the big difference generationally is the dominant uh, technology in my era and maybe in yours as well was television. And television did nothing for my career path. I'm not a TV producer nor, a, you, know, a, a, you know, a TV actor in the advertising business. So, Television was not a career boost to me, but for those who have grown up with technology, and especially the internet, and more recently mobile technology, those folks, and let's call them millennials, although it's Gen Z as well, which is the generation after millennials, these folks are digital natives. They have a fluency that we don't have, and their technology they grew up with is an enormous career accelerator for them. So I think part of the thing that's going on for older people is there's a bit of a resentment that, in fact, television didn't do a whole lot for my career, but the fact that you grew up in the technology era has done a lot for a millennial. Don't hold that against them. Just know that they could actually teach you something, and you can teach them something, and that's, that's the key. As, as I, you know, we, we should, as, as people who are, say, 45 and older, it's no longer about you know, reverence. We don't, we don't have a whole lot of reverence for elders anymore. It's all about relevance. And relevance means that you have uh, your combination of both the mentor and the intern at the same time. And that's what I learned at Airbnb. I was not the know-it-all who knew it all. I was learning from a lot. Le- I was learning about the technology industry at the same time I was teaching leadership in the hospitality industry. Well, I, I, I love the way that you break it out in the book. And I, I want to encourage our listeners to get their own copy because... Uh, you're going to find a lot of things that are really uh, outstanding recommendations no matter what age you find yourself in today. Uh, I, I'm a, uh, for our listeners and, and also for you, Chip, I'm a, a longtime student uh, of the Bible. I've really studied it uh, mm-hmm. historically as well as looking at it. And one of the Bible characters, uh, Solomon, actually prayed mm-hmm. for wisdom. And uh, wisdom mm-hmm. is one of the most valuable uh, components that I think that any leader can develop. Uh, but I like the way that you brought the, uh, broke it down in your book. I'm, I'm going to read these, but I want you to, to actually comment on a couple of them in just a second. Uh, mm-hmm. You define wisdom as, number one, good judgment. Number two, unvarnished insight. Unvarnished insight. You talked about emotional intelligence holistic thinking and stewardship and I, I think when you break these down and put the whole package together I think you really just nailed the essence of what wisdom becomes and I don't mm-hmm. think we really talk in those terms today about actually putting these di- different elements together and I think you did a phenomenal job of that in the book one of the things that I'd like you to talk about is this idea of good judgment, because a lot of people today mm-hmm. really struggle 
with judgment. Uh, they, they just don't make good decisions. Tell us what, mm -hmm. uh, what people that are elders, that, what have they learned? How can they share that with people in a non-offensive way? Yeah, my, first of all, I think my skinned knee, the, the fact that I skinned my knee or I had a, a career mishap um, can be to your benefit because I can share my experience and what I've learned from it um, in a way that might allow you to avert the same mistake that I made. Um, and so that's one of the values of uh, having someone who's wise. The risk is that you are so attached to your own experience and so attached to giving advice as opposed to listening um, that you, you act to use a, a little bit of um, a church talk here. You are up at the, up at the pulpit and you're lecturing or you're sermonizing. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, there's a time to sermonize, no doubt, but mostly what people are looking for is a conversation. And so they want to, you know, I, I was in Utah um, giving a speech this weekend, and right before I gave my speech on wisdom to a bunch of millennials, there was a guy who showed up as a birder, and he had a, an eagle owl on his arm, just carrying it around. And I got to carry the eagle owl. I didn't know there was such a thing as an eagle owl. Well, the reason, and what he said is the reason that owls are perceived as being wise is because they listen. They have an intensity about their listening skill. And I think that actually describes uh, a modern elder or an elder um, in, in the modern era really well, is that they're able to listen with a level of presence for whomever's speaking to them and then help to articulate quite specific advice to that person um, that's specific to their situation. Um, what I've seen, my experience with uh, people who are a little older in the workplace where it doesn't work is they sort of have a script and they say the same script, which is a bit of a historical script based upon something that they did 25 years ago mm -hmm. that may no longer be relevant. And they say the same thing to everybody. It's sort of the same story. And there's not a listening factor there. And there's also a sense of, frankly, uh, offering advice when it's not been asked for. Um, so I, 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 learned, I learned my lesson, which is I, w I decided I would be interning publicly and mentoring privately at Airbnb. And what I mean by that is I, in meetings, I would often be the dumbest person in the room. I was the oldest person in the room, but I'd also ask questions. And some of those questions were like what, why and what if questions, which are the kind of questions a four-year-old asks. You don't expect the senior leader to be asking why and what if questions. You ask them to be asking what and how questions, which are more like optimization questions. Well, I would be very open to asking lots of questions. And yet, when I saw someone make a mistake in a meeting, or I saw someone leading a meeting not in the best way, or I saw just someone struggling, mm -hmm. instead of calling it out in a public way, of course, I would actually just pull them aside and say, you know, um, can I be helpful? Would you like me to give you some thoughts and some advice uh, about how you could be more effective in leading that meeting? If, you know, or I'd first ask how you think the meeting went. And if they said, you're not so well, then I would ask that. I mean, of course, I wouldn't immediately go to say, hey, it was mm -hmm. an ineffective meeting. Because once, once someone actually sort of realizes that they have the, you know, their wise mentor available to them, um, you know, other people start flocking to you as well. And I, over the course of my five and a half years, I've had over 100 employees at Airbnb asked me to be their mentor, which is crazy because it's not my job. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't have a job that says Chip is the coach or the mentor. <laughs> it's, uh, so I had to, I, had, I really had to figure out how to, to uh, scale my ability to mentor. Um, but as much as I was mentoring, quite often I was being reverse mentored as well. So that's what we call mutual mentoring. When you're learning something from someone younger than you, just like they're learning something from you. Well, I've, I've always thought the best mentors are those that learn together. And uh, But you bring up a point that uh, I, I think when you have had experiences and you have had judgment, uh, you went on to talk about having unvarnished insight. Uh, I'm I'm not sure people really even understand what that means. Uh, it might yeah, be appropriate explain. for you to talk about that for a second. So, uh, so there's two words there, and they're, they're not usually used together all that much, but I like them together for the following reason. So let's take each one first. Unvarnished. Unvarnished means sort of raw, real, authentic. So in the context of communicating or talking, it means somebody who says what's on their mind, doesn't sugarcoat it, um, and does it in a way that sometimes people will be a little bit surprised by the person being so candid. Insight is basically, it's a form of wisdom, but insight's being able to see things often that other people can't see. And it's usually being able to see the pattern recognition. I think pattern recognition is another way to define wisdom, is when you can see the pattern in something, and nobody else can see it. It's like, ah, oh, wow, that person just connected the dots for me. So when someone provides unvarnished insight, they're providing wisdom and they're providing a gift of connecting the dots, the dots, but they're doing it in a very authentic way. And that sometimes means it comes across, it can come across, if it's not gracious, it can come across as blunt. And I think that no one would call me um, a jerk but I think people would say I'm blunt at times. And when I'm blunt, it comes from a place of generosity uh, without agenda. I think, I think that's another quality of a, an elder is uh, a generosity of just wanting to give to people, wanting to help other people, and without any agenda. And if you do that from a gracious place, and you're being unvarnished in your insight, people say, wow, I really appreciate when Chip opens his mouth, because what comes out of it is like, a something that I would not have thought of myself, and he's really he's really obvious about what it is. You know, he's not trying to just talk you know talk in 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 sort of symbols about it. He's saying exactly what it is. So um, you know, that was some of my reputation in the company. Well, I, I think it's uh, a a great explanation of the two terms, and I, I think they do match very well. Uh, let's move to uh, your concept of emotional intelligence because I, I think it's simpler and easier to understand the way that you describe it in the book versus uh, the textbook definition. I think we've gone a little crazy on emotional intelligence and we've compliment, yeah. complicated it in my view. Uh, yeah. how, what's your view on that? Well, I, yeah, I don't have the book directly in front of me, so not, I can't quote it from the book, but I would say that my perspective on emotional intelligence is pretty simple. It's, it's about self-awareness and other awareness more than anything else. It's just really being able to be um, understanding of um, being fluent enough in terms of what people are feeling and start, starting with yourself that you can uh, understand um, what you're going through and what someone else is going through. And 
Um, to be honest with you, when somebody doesn't have a lot of emotional insight in them themselves, I don't expect them to have a whole lot of ability to understand what's going on for other people. So um, the value of someone as they get older is their emotional intelligence. Unlike their IQ, IQ is perceived as actually not being able to change a lot over the course of one's lifetime. Now, you can get smarter and have more knowledge, but your IQ, your raw IQ doesn't change a lot. EQ, on the other hand, can change dramatically. EQ is something that actually gets built with time, and generally speaking, as people get older, they have more of a pattern recognition of understanding themselves than other people. And as such, um, in, a, in a workplace, it's great to have some older people with younger teams because what, quite often the, the, the um, older people know how to collaborate better. Yeah, because they've worked with uh, just about every personality style that exists by the time you've lived a few years. Uh, I, I know mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I personally struggled with when I first started was that I really didn't have uh, much experience uh, working with people that were not aggressive, that were not uh, driven to succeed. I, I really struggled with that because I didn't, I always thought everybody was just as competitive and driven as I was when I first started. And I, I had trouble yeah. relating to those because uh, my mentors, if you will, uh, were all successful business people. And, and they were driven and they were competitive and they pushed nonstop and they pushed me nonstop. So I've kind of, I, I had a hard time really understanding that as I got older and I'd work with more people that, uh, that didn't think the way that I did. Uh, I began to appreciate the value that they brought to the table. And, and I think that understanding the differences between other people makes you much more productive at work. Very much. I totally agree. Now, you talk uh, a lot in the book about, uh, you know, what you call a modern elder. And uh, if you would, I think it would be cool for our listeners to kind of get a picture, a verbal picture. What what would this uh, person that is uh, implementing wisdom at work and being... Uh, a modern elder, what do they look like? What are the things that they do? How do they sound? Would you mind kind of drawing us the picture? I think the difference between a traditional elder and a modern elder is the following. I think traditional elders um, were uh, sharing wisdom uh, that had been gathered over uh, generations um, that accumulated knowledge and passing it on to the next generation. That's still true. There's still that available. Um, that sort of traditional elder role is, is there. But what we learned in the last 100, 150 years is as we moved off the land and we were less of, fewer of us were farmers, and as we moved into the industrial era and then into the tech era, the accumulated, accumulated knowledge of the past was of less relevance to the future as it used to be. Um, and so that's part of the reason the elder became, you know, le- frankly, less revered in, in modern society, especially in the United States. So I think a modern elder is someone who knows that they've got some mastery and some wisdom uh, that they've accumulated over time, and they can share that as the mentor. But they are as much an intern as they are a mentor, because if you're an elder who is not willing to be relevant and isn't willing to, to learn and have that beginner's mind and curiosity, um, then in some ways 
younger people ha- don't have the context to understand you. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, you know, wear a mohawk or um, listen to hip hop. I'm not talking about that necessarily, but it does mean that you have to have enough of an interest in learning and a constant desire to learn new things that you are engaged in that curiosity in life. And I do know that there's people who I who call themselves elders who are in my life who stopped learning 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they just were in, they're in the business of just dispensing the wisdom today. And they're sad because it feels like less people are showing up at their doorstep looking for their wisdom. And I think it's partly because the thing they need to do is go back and start learning again. The moment you start learning again, it, it all of a sudden creates a whole new perspective on how you can articulate some of the wisdom you already know. Um, and plus, I think, frankly, being engaged in life and constantly learning is, is part of the elixir of life and what keeps us young. Well, I agree totally. And I, I, I think uh, the one good thing about uh, the listeners that uh, show up here at, at our door uh, are ones that are really interested in learning and, and they're preparing themselves for success not only today but also in their future. And I think if they, uh, certainly if they take and apply the principles that you've so uh, eloquently outlined in your new book, uh, I know it'll be a resource for them all of their life. Uh, so Chip, uh, we're running close to the end of our time. I, want, I know people are gonna wanna know how to connect with you. Why don't you share how they can connect with you and learn more about your great work? Sure. Um, I have a website called chipconley.com, and Conley spelled C-O-N-L-E-Y. Um, on that website, you'll see me and lots of information about me, the newest book of mine, Wisdom at Work, as well as the Modern Elder Academy, which is a physical beachfront campus um, in Baja, California, which is Mexico, where we help uh, teach people to learn how to become a modern elder. Uh, you can also find me on most of the social media platforms. Um, but I tend to write articles on LinkedIn. So if you look at the Chip Conley profile, you'll see my articles. That is awesome. And uh, for those of you that are exercising, uh, as always, we'll make sure we include a link directly to Chip's website for your convenience. Uh, Chip at Manager Mojo, uh, we gain our mojo by taking action. And I wonder if you would share uh, with our listeners what would be uh, your top one or two action items that you want them to take away from learning how to become uh, more wise in their everyday life and how, what would that be? What would be those one or two top action items you'd like to recommend? I think that what I would say is um, what is it that you can start learning that is fascinating to you? It may have zero relevance to your career, may have zero practical relevance, but it's a subject that's fascinating to you. Um, the process of going and learning about something has a catalytic effect on engaging people. And you'll find that even though uh, you, the subject you're focused on may not be something that relates to your career, just the act of learning helps to um, create a, a new spirit in you. So I would just say make a commitment to yourself. Peter Drucker, the famous management theorist, every two years learned something new that had nothing to do with his work. And he did that, and he tried to become one of the world's leading experts on that subject. And so I would just say, go be curious and go learn a subject that is absolutely new to you. What a fabulous action item. And uh, I I encourage all of us uh, to take Chip's advice uh, and to to do that very thing. Uh, 
Uh, our guest today has been Mr. Chip Conley. He's the author of Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder. I highly recommend this book. Uh, I encourage you to get a copy, put in your library, study it, and really learn how you can become a more uh, a leader that is filled with wisdom and that are, is surrounded by people that, uh, that know, like, and love the things that you have to say th to them. Uh, Chip, congratulations on the book, and uh, we at Manager Mojo wish you continued success in all that you do, and thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you. Uh, anybody who loves Mojo is a friend of mine. Awesome.